0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music.
3: Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Just me for the first segment today and you'll hear from Joe in the second and third trying something a little bit different this week where Joe recorded his thoughts after the first half for the second segment of the show and his thoughts after the game for the third segment of the show. The first segment as usual will be an overall game recap and we'll get started. The Cincinnati Bengals today fall to 0-7 on the season, dropping another game, this time against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This one was ugly. Andy Dalton had another one of the worst games of his career at one point, throwing three interceptions on five plays, including back-to-back interceptions late in the game when the Bengals had a chance. They actually had a chance. The score was close enough. The defense, despite giving up nearly 500 yards again, kept the score close enough. Despite eventually Andy Dalton going down and throwing a pick six, the defense only gave up 20 points, and that included a goal line stand, a fourth and goal from the one where Preston Brown got up and stopped Leonard Fournette in his tracks. The Bengals held the Jaguars to a couple other field goals on drives that could have scored more points, but the Bengals themselves. Despite going into halftime with a lead, just couldn't find a way to keep it going in the second half. And there are probably a few reasons for this. First of which is, on non-Andy Dalton carries, on non-quarterback carries today, the Bengals running backs and Alex Erickson combined for 16 carries for a grand total of, you'll never guess, zero yards. Zero yards! Joe Mixon had 10 carries for 2 yards. Alex Erickson had a reverse get blown up way in the backfield, had another carry for positive yardage, so he had minus 2 yards. Gio had a few carries for 0 yards, so you put it all together, the running game was literally nothing today. You throw in some Andy Dalton scrambles, it looks a little bit better. But I mean, 33 yards on 20 carries, only a little bit better than 0 yards on 16 carries on a per carry average. So just another in the line of disastrous games in the running attack for Cincinnati. Joe Mixon, nowhere to be seen toward the end of the game. According to reports, his body language looked really bad. He looked really frustrated. Andy Dalton, also very frustrated. But that happens when you throw back-to-back interceptions, one of which comes after you throw a pick six, and Brandon Wilson has a really nice kickoff return down inside Jacksonville territory. You throw an interception on the very first... Play that drive. Don't even see the safety lingering underneath. It looked like a robber coverage, just sitting on the route. And it's just easy picking The other interception, the the pick six, of course, comes when John Jerry and Giovanni Bernard get caught up in traffic in the backfield on a screen, and Dalton throws by blindly to a spot. I don't know if Jerry just got beat that bad or didn't know the play, but Gio had no chance to even contest the pass, and Yannick Ngakwe just got to walk the ball into the end zone. Dalton wasn't seeing the field very well. It looked like he wasn't following through on a lot of his throws. So the offense generally is just an absolute disaster. And it's interesting that this seems to happen in the NFL, where under Marvin Lewis, you hire a defensive coach, comes in, and you generally had pretty good offenses when Marvin Lewis was around. And that's with some coordinators that we really didn't think very highly of. Bob Batkowski was the first coordinator for Marvin Lewis, but even those offenses were at least average. This is one of the worst offenses I've ever seen. And today was another example of it. Andy Dalton had a terrible day. The running game couldn't get going, and that is the entire offense. Give kudos, though, to some individual performances. Auden Tate had some really nice catches. Alex Erickson had a career day. And it was a tough day, on the other hand, for, for Tyler Boyd, who had a lost fumble, sloppy ball security, really on a design play to get him the ball in his hands and make a play. Wasn't carrying it high and tight. Was... Pretty loosey goosey with his ball security. Put it on the ground. Jacksonville recovered. One of four turnovers on the day. Outside of that, had some drops, had some contested balls he couldn't bring in. But on Tate, high pointing, looked really good. Generally, on Tate, still good, high pointing. Drew some pass interference penalties, so no complaints there. On the defensive side of the ball, the safeties were your leading tacklers again, which means your linebackers aren't making enough plays. But Geno Atkins had a really nice game. Two tackles for a loss, two sacks, made that interior Jacksonville offensive line, which isn't very good, look not very good, as he should. Not enough to stop Leonard Fournette, who went over 100 yards, and Gardner Minshew didn't have a great day, but hey, the Bengals offense couldn't get going, and doesn't take much to beat Cincinnati. 20 offensive points and another seven coming from defense on that pick six. The Bengals just didn't have enough gas to get it going. Score a late touchdown to make it look respectable. 27-17, your final.
2: Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast.
1: This is Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car.
2: We got a little something new today as Jake is out on a boat somewhere on the Pacific Ocean, I assume. I don't know. You really didn't tell me. but uh, So I'm going to carry these two segments and see if we can get it done before I have to go to work tonight, which is 5 o'clock. So we'll see how the the game ends because it's halftime right now. So I'm doing this first segment or the second, however it ends up. But the segment right here is going to be what the Bengals have done so far through the half. Just try a little something different, see how... The emotion changes, the game plan changes, the idea of what's happening changes from this segment to the next. Right now, the score is 7-2-6. It's been an interesting game so far in terms of both offenses looking woefully inept so far through this game, especially the Bengals. But, you know, until that last drive there, uh, no one has done anything in terms of Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, Tyler Boyd. The only person that had caught a pass until that last drive was Alex Erickson and Erickson caught two big balls on that last one. I mean, at this point, he is the leading player on the offense. The entire offense is Alex Erickson. He has six catches for 110 yards, 18 yards per catch. He's not really doing anything crazy. He's just open, and then he's broken a couple tackles and made something out of it. Joe Mixon kept off that drive with a catch and a touchdown of two yards, so another touchdown catch for Mixon on the season after really not being uh, used in that that way throughout his career, which has been a a big thing so far that we've talked about. But Andy Dalton, man, those first four or so drives that they punted, he was horrific. Bad, 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 bad. I mean, missing throws, not looking comfortable. I believe at one point he was 3 of 11. He is now 7 of 16 with a touchdown, which is serviceable, but really not indicative of, of the game flow so far. Tyler Boyd without a catch, but he's probably got four or five targets someone's going to say he dropped three balls, but really there's one blatant drop and a really nice throw by Andy Dalton over the middle. And then there was a slant that's out of his catch radius that I think will go down as an accurate throw. And then there was a double move, a big play on the right side. Double move, he beats A.J. Bouye, and the ball is short. And Boyd's got five to six yards of separation downfield. You got to lay that ball downfield. Again, this is the same throw to Ross that uh, against the Bills that Dalton put no air under. This time he puts too much air under it, and Boyd can't make a play. So, he comes back for it. He should have caught it. Those two, the the slant in this one will go down as like missed catch opportunities, in my opinion, where you you are open, you beat the guy, and it's an inaccurate throw. You could call it drops. Some will. I, they may even get charged drops. I don't think they will. But the inaccurate passes on both those, he's going to get downgraded on both the quarterback. Um, defensive side, the Bengals Defense was really good. The first drive that the Jags move the ball down the field. That's typical for the Bengals, right? They're not they usually give up that first drive and then they settle in and and, and get down on it. And BW Webb drops a pick six. Tip ball by Sam Hubbard, which Hubbard's made a few impact plays today. He saved a touchdown also on a uh, hitting Gardner Minshew's elbow. DJ Charks are running deep down the middle of the field. This is right before half, so he saves that one. But BW Webb drops a pick six, and he's got that cast on his hand. I'm sure that doesn't help. Yeah, so the Bengals come back and end up stopping the Jags on fourth and goal from the one-yard line, Preston Brown over the top face-to-face with Fournette and and just stones him. And so Ben, but don't break. It works, man. They stop him without getting points on that first drive. It's really been the difference in this game now that it's 7-6. The Jags got two field goals, one right before a half. It probably... They had a couple opportunities to score. I think the the one to Westbrook in the back of the end zone where Darquez Denard comes in and and hits him and and forces an incomplete pass. Denard saves a touchdown there. So the defense has come up a few times. But you can see when the offense was going three and out consecutively in that first and second quarter, the beginning of the second quarter, the defense was starting to bend more and more and more. And they weren't getting there and it wasn't. You know, happening for them, and you can see I'm like, yeah, they're getting tired. This is how it happens. This is you—you you can't be out there for 20 minutes out of 30 and expect to still look the same at the end of the drive, but or at the end of the game. But so far, so good in terms of the overall because it's seven six. But I—I I feel like they've been outclassed. You know, the Jags have put together three scoring drives—they just got stopped at the one and had to settle for two field goals. This could easily be a 21 to seven type game. But the Bengals have made more plays than the Jaguars have, to be honest, which sounds crazy. The Jags are bad, but uh, as we're recording right now, the Dolphins are also beating the Bills and the Redskins are tied with the 49ers. It's a big week in terms of the tank if you're in on that. If the Bengals go ahead and win this game and hold on, Dolphins and Redskins better sneak one out too, because (laughs) I think it'd be tough to, this is one of the few, we talked about it this week on the podcast, one of the few games remaining on the Bengals' schedule where they could win. And you can see right now, like Cedric Oboe, he's in at left tackle for the Jaguars. You should be able to beat him. Geno Atkins has two sacks already. When the Bengals have a lead or can get a defense or an offense into third and long situations, Atkins all of a sudden comes back to life. Someone asked me on Twitter, so is he not trying hard on the other place? No, it's not that. If you ever played defensive line, when the other team can run it, or when the other team can throw quick passes or control the clock, control the tempo of the entire game, It just saps all of your advantage. All of your advantage and energy and power on the defensive line is like, you know, you're at their mercy. You're almost playing reactive rather than taking it to them. You want to take the fight to the offensive line, set up a couple moves, make them pass two plays in a row, three if you can. If you can do that in their actual dropbacks, not just quick screens or anything like that. You can actually, okay, I've hit you with the bull rush now, the push pull, and you can you can do some moves on them and set them up, but when you don't have that or they're only throwing one at every four plays as it's been sometimes when the Bengals are you know not winning or the offense isn't putting up points, that's when it gets really tough to play defensive line and be productive so Atkins is having a game he's also had two pressures that forced incomplete passes this week, you know because last two weeks they played the uh Kyler Murray and then Lamar Jackson, you could see their rush lanes were like, we're not letting this guy run. If we let them run, they're going to go for 100 yards. Both guys did anyways, right? So it didn't work. So this week they said Minshew can move, but he's not, you know, the, he's not going to run for 100 yards. If you let him, he will. And maybe that's part of the game plan. But uh, so far you see the Bengals D-line is like, okay, we're going to rush. Screw the rush lanes. Let's go get this. Uh, and Let's go attack the quarterback. And it's opened up some running lanes. And Minshew has has been able to run. But, uh, yeah, Bengals got short end on a couple uh, referee calls, I think. The... The one DJ Chark play on the right sideline where Minshew kind of rolls out, escapes, throws it. Chark gets both feet down, immediately steps out of bounds, runs for about eight more yards or so. Steps out, I think, again, one more time, but they give him all eight yards, even after review. It was a a crazy play. They did get a break, though, I think, on the one overthrow by Dalton over the middle. I felt like Ronnie Harrison intercepted it, if, it, if that's who it was. Uh, the ball does touch the ground, but he has both hands. That ball doesn't squirt out, doesn't slide, doesn't spin. Yeah, it touches the ground, but you have control of it, in my opinion. Uh at that point. It it didn't get challenged, so they didn't feel the same way. So maybe I'm completely wrong and off on that one. But yeah, I thought it was interesting uh for for that. So there's been some been some plays that have been very weird so far that could change the the tide of this game and, and I think it's gonna be a close one coming down to it. I'm getting nervous the Bengals might win this one. Oh yeah, the running game non existent again. There's just nothing there. Mixon's getting one yard per carry. There's one real bad run where Mixon cuts into the the lone defender. I mean, the the someone flashes on the left side. I think he's looking at Kalise Campbell, and he just cuts to his right. And because Redmond's getting blown back, he cut right into Taven Bryan. It was crazy when they showed it on replay. He's got like four yards of space on either either side of him, and Mixon cut right into the defender as if he wasn't even looking at him. He's not. He's not seeing the field at all. I'm, you know, I talked about Andy Dalton being broken by a bad offensive line. I'm starting to get a little bit nervous for Joe Mixon being broken behind this line. I hope that's not the case. I hope he's still salvageable because they still have him under contract for one more year. He'd like to get that, uh, you know, the best out of him while he still can, while he's still under contract. So that's about nine minutes so far here. Halftime in the NFL is only 12 minutes, so I've only was planning on on going 10 and so when we look at this, when we come back here on the next segment, it's going to be the end of the game. We'll recap it, see how much it's different than the 7-6 score we have right now. Do the Bengals hold on? It was that one touchdown drive just a fluke for them? Or can the Bengals build off of that? Which I think they could. That was a really crisp and clean drive. And, and if they can get Mixon involved at all in the passing game, it's just crazy to me that they can't. Uh, and if they can, then this offense could come to life a little bit. Maybe Dalton's over those first uh, four or five drives were. The passing offense, I called it the worst I've ever seen because it was horrendous. But uh, they picked it up on that last drive. So let's see if they finish it. Let's see if they can hold on, if this defense can hold on, bend but don't break as it has so far, only allowing six points out of three red zone opportunities, which is pretty good. You'll take that any week. But if the Jags can put some touchdowns on the board, this could turn into a different game really quickly. And we'll keep an eye on the Dolphins and Redskins when we come back after this.
0: All the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms were simple. You put in two hundred dollars, they'll match you with another hundred dollars in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at My Bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies.
2: Well, that went exactly as expected, I guess. Oh man. It's funny now coming back and the game's over after the first half when I was kinda nervous that the Bengals would find a way to win this game after a touchdown drive right before halftime. The game is now over. I think they just didn't recover the onside, so I stepped away to the uh to the Beats Laboratory to finish this recording, but 27-17 is the final. The Bengals were able to score at the end there on an Andy Dalton rush for one yard, I believe it was. A little sneak over the middle to bring this game into respectable range of a 10-point loss. But really, man, oh my, this was a close game. And then you got three Andy Dalton interceptions. I want to say three of them in about five, six passes. It was very close together. One, I think two of them were back-to-back. One was a pick six. Oh, my God. It just got crazy there. Once the Jags took a little bit of a lead, you could see the Bengals had to drop back and throw the ball. It was it. It was over. The line couldn't protect. He started getting crushed. There was a couple of uh, personal fouls hitting Dalton below the knee. Um, but, man, the three interceptions were bad, bad, and there was a couple of dropped ones. It was just, what uh man, the passing game. I talked about it in the first segment there that it was. it was the worst Passing offense I've seen in a while, but man, the run game never did anything either. This, this combination wise, Andy Dalton ended up with ended up twenty two of forty three, so just about fifty percent completion, just over two hundred seventy six yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. He also ran for a touchdown. He was the leading rusher on this game. Four carries, thirty three yards, eight point two per carry. Hey, not bad, and a touchdown. Joe Mixon, who didn't finish the game, I don't even know why, didn't check it, Uh, 10 carries for two yards. 10 carries for two yards. I mean, they were getting blown up up front. It was crazy. Man, Giovanni Bernard, four carries, zero yards. They even gave it to Alex Erickson twice, two carries for negative two yards. Can you, that is crazy. I can't even fathom that. That is the worst rushing game I've ever seen in my life. And guess what? When they didn't run the ball, when they just said, screw it, we're not running the ball, they actually had some decent drives. Every time they tried to run it, it would end up being second and long or third and long. It just, oh my, man, it was terrible. Receiving-wise, though, Erickson, eight for 137. Hey, Erickson, add him to the list. They've had big games out of John Ross, Tyler Boyd, who was terrible today. He had a fumble. He couldn't catch anything contested. He could have caught eight passes today. He ended up with uh, five for 55. He could have caught eight more on top of that. But Erickson with eight and 137. So they've had Ross. They've had Boyd. They've had Tate. They've had Erickson. All have 90-plus yard games. If Tate Tate would have got 100 last week, it would be you know four guys, four different receivers with 100-plus yard games already this year, and you don't have A.J. Green back. Even just all of them being over 90, that's impressive. This is a good receiving core going forward, despite Boyd's day. And despite the injuries to the top two guys in Ross and, and Green, right? Ah, oh, man, here I, here I go again. But, uh yeah, what a day, man. Tate ended up being okay. He, he caught two really nice deep balls, you know, just going up over people. Three for 65, he ended up salvaging um, a lot of passes, drawing pass interference. Again, tight coverage on him. He just doesn't get much separation at this point in, in his, you know, for for who he is as a as an athlete. Running backs were nowhere. Eifert caught two for 10 at tight end. Mixon one for two. Bernard two for four yards receiving. It's just sample one for three. They just cannot use anyone other than the receivers. I talk about the receivers having big performances all year this year. It's because they're literally not throwing to anybody else. They cannot get anyone else open other than that, like that Z receiver, which was Ross a lot, which was Tate a few times. Now it was Erickson. They just can't get anyone else open. Man, honestly, the defense giving up 27, really it was, what, because they went, yeah, 20. They gave up 20 because of the pick six. The defense, let's be honest, for as bad as they've been, and they've been bad, they aren't as bad as the offense. Like, if you give up 20 points on defense, you should win the game. In many teams in this league, you are, you, okay, I give up 20 points. I think you go at least nine and seven if you give up 20 points every single week. You may go 10 and six. with You may go 12 and four with a good offense, giving up 20 every week on defense. Especially when the time of possession is so bad. The defense is out there for like 20 more snaps than the offense because of all the three and outs. I don't want to give excuses for the defense. It's not, it's not good. We know it needs a lot of things. But Nick Vigil had a decent day. Jermaine Pratt was all over the place. Those two, honestly, were all over. Maybe it's because Fernet's not the most laterally explosive guy. This is like the least laterally explosive team they've faced all year. Probably close to the uh, the Seahawks. And that's why I think we've probably seen the second best defensive performance this week. Because they didn't have to worry about a back, you know, stringing them out. Even though Fernet had a big game. But you didn't have to worry about. You know, handoffs to the to the wide receivers and things like that, or some change of pace back that was going to make them look stupid or or a lot of misdirection. The Jags didn't do that. They ran right at them and down their throats, which they found success. But the defense stepped up in a lot of ways. Leading tackler for the day, Jesse Bates with 12 tackles. Sean Williams with eight. Again, it's the safeties. There's just no middle of the field. Darquez Denard with five solo tackles. He was strong. He was tough. He defended, you know, that one touchdown I talked about in the first half. He had a couple of really nice tackles. Nick Vigil is next with eight. Geno Atkins, monster game. Couple tackles for a loss. Couple defensive stops. Two sacks. Six total tackles. Jermaine Pratt with five total tackles. Yeah, just those two sacks were there. Oh, I don't want to forget Brandon Wilson. Three returns for 98 yards. Had a long one at the end there where there was almost a chance they can come back. And then Dalton comes right back next play and throws an interception. Yikes. What a game. What a game in terms of you know, I put up a poll yesterday on Twitter. How many people are, or what I think it was phrased, is, is it, the, is it time for the Bengals to move on from Andy Dalton and draft quarterback this year? 92% out of 4,500, and it's getting close to 5,000 votes now, said yes, it is. I mean, that's as unanimous as any poll in any situation could possibly be. And there was still time to vote after this game and it started swinging even harder for the few people that didn't vote because this was just such a poor performance at quarterback. You won't win any games. You will go 0-16 with performances like this in the passing game. Running game, you'll go 4-12. and But in this pass, for the passing game, you'll go 0-16 like this. You can't have days like that. And it's not that. Like, on the other side, Gardner Minshew completed less than 50% of his passes. 15 of 32. The Bengals... Shut him down. If you get average quarterback play, you win this game. You should have played better than Gardner Minshew. Didn't happen. Leonard Fournette, 29 carries, 131 yards. I believe he had 12 at halftime. 12 carries. They gave it to him and said you're gonna you're gonna chew up this game in the second half. That's 4.5 yards per clip. They really didn't have anyone as a backup. Rookwell Armstead, three for three. Uh, D.D. Westbrook was their leading receiver, six for 103 be honest, I didn't notice him that much. <laughs> Maybe I'm forgetting. Maybe I'm confusing him. Chris Conley, 3 for 83. DJ Chark, 3 for 53. That was about it. Nothing to their tight ends. They don't have a tight end out there. Keelan Cole caught 1 for 2. He had a uh, touchdown. Tony McRae got smoked. Touchdown to come back 2-point conversion. Oh, my God, he was terrible. Tony McRae was terrible. Meanwhile, Devontae Harris is starting in, in uh, Denver land. And he's playing well, apparently. Tony McRae is not. Yeah, so looking at this also on the Jags defensive side, Josh Allen, our man from Kentucky, one sack. Aubrey Jones, one sack. Yeah, the this the pick six though to Yannick Ngakwe. screen pass. He's got Taven Bryan just who just destroyed it. Looked like if I'm going off memory here, looked like he destroyed Alex Redmond and's coming right down at him. Dalton's like, okay, I'm gonna put it up. Trust my guy will be there. But John Jerry seems to not know the play. So he's standing and going with Ngakwe. Oh, no, he's passing off Ngakwe inside and just standing there. Geo tries to release and go out to catch this pass, and he runs right into the belly of John Jerry. Excuse me? You want to get out of the way? You want to let me catch the ball here? Uh, I don't mean to yell. Sorry, guys. But it's just the stupid things, man. They look bad. There was one handoff where Dalton and Mixon aren't even on the same page. It loses seven yards or so. I'm like, you're veterans. Little things. Are you guys trying to win? Or is, is is being 0-7 firing you up at all? Or is it just whatever at this point? Odd. Odd, odd game. Miles Jack with an interception. Ronnie Harrison, safety, second-year guy with an interception. Yep. One of those games. Bengals are 0-7. Man, I'm just thinking about this, though. I wanted to update you guys on the Dolphins really quickly. Miami could not hold on to the Buffalo Bills. Despite scoring 21, they lost 31-21. The other one we were watching was the Redskins. They didn't score. Only give up nine points to the 49ers. Strong defensive performance, but nine nothing. So three winless teams still. And that's where we stand on the Tankathon. Bengals are still picking number one as of right now. With the Rams coming up in London and then a bye week following. That's when AJ Green should come back. Man. All right. That's all I got today, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds' hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team,